Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. Well, I am your running host, Dean Thompson. You know, we take a lot for granted these days. When you take a step back and you look, every day is a good day. And we're going to talk about that. And then I'm going to share an observation about refrigerator magnets. (laughs) Weird? (laughs) Maybe. But stick around and find out. And joining me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. So we're, we're, we're doing something a little different this week. Yeah. We, uh, you, you, you went off and got sick on us and, uh, yeah. missed the marathon weekend. I hated that you had to miss that. Yeah. But it so was for it was everybody good. out there watching. So we were supposed to leave for Mississippi on Thursday morning at 10 o'clock and, uh, we were all going to be piled up in a car together. And uh I wasn't feeling good Wednesday night, Thursday morning. I thought I better get up and go get this check. So I was at the clinic, the local clinic here at seven o'clock and wouldn't you know it, COVID. Um so you know, two hundred and two episodes ago we started the COVID edition and COVID is still around all these episodes later. But uh yeah, I had a pretty rough weekend, feeling better now, but today is my last day of quarantine, I guess. And uh, so just didn't want to take any chances with you or anybody else. So, uh, but man, I heard the marathon was great. It was. It was a lot of fun. I, uh, man, I, I don't know how, uh, I, I don't know how it happens every time. It's just so special, but it was again this week. And of course we had the extra special thing with, uh, with gay this year. So, yeah. um, it yeah, was great. We'll talk more about that here in a yeah, few minutes. For sure. Uh, but we got a new group starting their journey and uh that's exciting we're gonna have all new stories next year yeah can't, gonna be graduating wait. at the saint petersburg marathon that that's exciting yeah yeah maybe when we get down closer to the beach well, you know we had a lot of injuries and things this year that people weren't able to be there and uh it, yeah. it made a difference in the numbers and that was a little bit sad but uh the quality was still there had a lot, a lot know, of good folks Dean, the last time I was in St. Petersburg, I have a funny running story. Uh, we were down there for, um, Lane was actually doing a triathlon down there and my brother went with us, went with us down there. And so Jerome, my brother and I got up on a Saturday morning. Lane's race was on Sunday. We got up on Saturday morning to go for a run. We were just going to run a couple miles and we were in downtown St. Petersburg and we were running down the road and we took a left hand turn on the sidewalk. And there was like 12,000 women headed our way. It was, uh, some kind of Susan Coleman race oh, was going goodness. on. We had no clue. And we just turned around and ran the other way and stayed out in front of them. But, uh, yeah, that was the first time I'd ever, uh, I hijacked a race and didn't mean to. It was, it was pretty funny. So, so yeah, it's a great city. I'm, I hope that anybody out there, if you're not signed up for the Couch to Marathon 2024, um, get on board. That's going to be a, that's going to be a fun city to graduate in. Yeah. And it's not too late. No. Well, last week we had a Facebook post from Tony Garcia. She says this couch, couch to marathon week one, day two. Praise the Lord. I so did not know how to do it today. It was pouring all this morning and by afternoon came. I didn't want to do the workout at around one ish. The Lord said, it's time. I knew what he meant, dropped what I was doing, and got going. Jesus, you are good. Mm. <laughs> I love those. That's the kind of post. It does multiple things, right? Um, it's encouraging people to get out there when you don't feel like it, right? We all don't feel like it at times. And when you don't feel like it, that's just tough. Just get up and go do it anyway. <laughs> um, and this is encouraging us to do that. Uh, second, it shows uh, somebody who's human and struggling. We all do that, right? We all struggle. It, it's good to see that other people struggle too, because sometimes we get to thinking like we're the only ones who ever struggle, but that's not true. 
And then the last piece there is that, uh, you know, the couch to marathon, especially for somebody who's on that year long journey, it's going to be full of these days where you have to yeah. overcome. And so that repetition of overcoming one day and then doing it a second day makes it a lot easier in the long run to keep doing it. Right. Yeah. You know, Dane, there's very few things in life that you dread doing and you regret doing once you do it. That's right. That's right. Usually it's the things you dread are the things that are worth doing. Uh, it's the hard things. We talk about that all the time. But, uh, yeah, this is just a, a great reminder that, um, you know, when, when she get, I, I, you know, she didn't say in this post, but I guarantee, guarantee you when she got done, it was it made her day. Yep. Yep. You know, I couldn't help but think I was talking to Melissa Rotarius. She was one of the ones that completed the marathon this weekend. And, um, it was a, it was a big deal for her. Uh, but her, we were talking about Carrie Strug. I don't know if you know who Carrie or remember the name Carrie Strug. She was in the Olympics and she had severely sprained her ankle, um, doing, I don't remember what event she was. She was a gymnast and, she had to go do a vault, you know, where you just you go way up in the air and you got to land. And she had to land on that sprained ankle. Mm. But she needed to do it in order for the team to win. And she got up there and she did it. And when she landed, you could tell it was so painful. But she did it anyway. That. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. Um, but and the whole thing was and the reason why we remember that story today was because it was such a big deal. It was so awesome to see her overcome that obstacle with that ankle. And that's that's the story that's being written over and over and over again by all these folks that are in this couch to marathon. Right. And and I would be remiss if I didn't say um, I know, at least for the, the people that were out there in Mississippi, there were periods put on a lot of stories this weekend. Um, mm. you need to share those stories. Uh, every week, Dean and I get on here and we talk about these stories. Uh, the couch to marathon stories, there's some special ones, um, because it's such a long time because there was so many ups and downs and valleys and mountaintops and trials. And I don't want to, I'm dreading this. When you overcome all that, man, there's a special story to be told and we need you to tell those stories. So be sure you get those down on paper and send those into us. Yeah, for sure. Well, our trivia question from last week was who won the 1960 Olympic marathon and what was unique about the win? Now, when I went to look up this, the answer to this, because I knew what the answer was, but I, you know, just, just getting some more information about it. I realized that I have been pronouncing this guy's name wrong since <laughs> I was a teenager. So, so his actual name is Abib Bikala. And he was the first. Uh, so how have you been pronouncing it? A baby bakila. Okay, I thought I've heard you say it that way before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, this is a guy that. And what was interesting about his win? Of course, he won two Olympic marathons, 1960 and 1964. But in 1960, um, he, he told him he was going to run barefoot. And they were like, you, you can't run barefoot. There's cobblestones out there and everything else. And he's like, well, that's how I run. So somebody gave him a pair of shoes and he puts these pair of shoes on and he starts the race and he gets part of the way through the race. He's like, I can't run in these things. And he takes the shoes off and runs the race barefoot and wins the Olympic marathon. Not only does he win the Olympic marathon, but he sets a world record in the process with no shoes. So but what's really cool about this, you know, today we look at the East Africans and we see their accomplishments in distance running and we think, man, that's just amazing. You know, and it's been you, you feel like it's been around forever. Well, but Bikola was the first guy from East Africa to win a gold medal um, wow. in, in 1960. So um, it hasn't been all that long since the East Africans, the Ethiopians, the Kenyans and um, Tanzanians and all of those folks have come on the scene and have just man they dominate the world now. So, sure. Um, so yeah, two gold medals. Um, he was he was a soldier. Um, his he, he was called Shambel Abib Bikala, um, because Shambel means the rank of captain um, in the military, and so 
he competed competed in 16 marathons. He placed second in his first marathon in Addis Ababa, um, which is the capital of Ethiopia. Uh, he won 12 other races, finished fifth in the 1963 marathon. And then in July 1967, he sustained the first of several sports-related leg injuries that prevented him from finishing his last two marathons. Uh, he was just a parent uh, 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 this again. He, he, he along with uh, Mamo Walde, Juma Kanga, uh, Tegla Larup, Paul Turgot, Heli Gabrasolasi. There's this this lineage of people from Ethiopia that have done really, really well. And he was the first. So he 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 blazed the trail for them. Hmm. Um, all of those guys I just named were recipients of the New York Roadrunners. Abib Bikala Award. Uh, there's an award named after him, so it's pretty cool. So um, did he win all of his career marathons barefooted? Uh, I think so. That's my understanding. Oh. Is he always ran barefooted? He never, never really wanted to wear shoes, and I, when he tried it, he didn't like them. But the sad thing is, and the reason why he only has 16 marathons, you would think he would have run more than that, um, was because in March 22 of 1969, he was paralyzed in a car accident. Um, of course, he re- regained some upper body mobility, but he never could walk again. So so what did he do? Well, he learned how to play ping pong in the Paralympic Games, and uh, he competed in uh, ping pong and archery. In, uh, in those games and won some medals there. Um, then he competed in, uh, the sleigh riding event, um, in Norway. I mean, he did all this crazy stuff. I mean, like this guy was just so driven to be, uh, to be competitive and it was really cool. So, uh, but he died at the age of 41 in 1973 of a cere- cerebral hemorrhage. Um, and that was all related to the accident that had happened. Probably would have lived longer had he been around today with our modern medical. Uh, but, but it, it was sad, but you know, he became such a legend in such a short time. Uh, because it wasn't just with him, it wasn't just the fact that he was a good runner and a good athlete and a driven man. He was a good guy too. And, uh, everybody loved him. So obviously the New York Roadrunners named an award after him for a reason. And that's because he was memorable. You know, he may be the only um, <coughs> Olympic champion and world record holder runner to not have a shoe sponsor. <laughs> Good point. Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. All right, we're back. And uh, as always, we are. Th- there's no excuse not to be sending some stories in at this point. With everything that was written this past weekend, we should have a ton of stories. And there were at least a couple of folks that promised me some stories. I'm talking to you, Hope Reagan. So make sure that you get those stories in and let us know uh, how everything went. Um, so of course, we, we, don't need s- to for- we don't need to forget the ones that we asked a few weeks ago that if you're starting the Couch to Marathon journey right now, we want to hear your story as of today. And then we want us to tell your story again one year from today. So let's don't forget about those people as well. We have a few stories that are just now being written. We have a few stories that are being wrapped up right now, and we need to hear all those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we had some, like I said, the stories that, that we saw this weekend were great. Um, of course, you know, I had a little bit of a story mm-hmm. this weekend. So 
I decided we decided, you know, I didn't decide until Wednesday just to go ahead and run the marathon since, you know, I had this, uh, uh, I've got this hundred miler coming up. And so I thought, well, you know, I got to do a long run. I might as well. So I, I went ahead and I ran the marathon and I wasn't taking it very seriously. So the night before we had Cajun food and uh, I have figured out that that's a bad idea. To eat Cajun food the night before a marathon. I had to stop in the restroom twice during the marathon. Um, I've only ever had to stop in a race once before. And um, so it, it uh, I've learned a lesson what not to do before a marathon. So that's all good, though. Um, you, but you, you still won the master's division. And so here's another first. You may be the first guy to ever win the master's division of a race and you stop to go to the bathroom two times <laughs> maybe well it's funny and i didn't know it at the time but uh the second time i came out of the restroom two guys passed me while i was in there and oh, wow. uh and i passed both of them again before the finish line well one of those guys was a master's runner so uh oh wow yeah uh, i was i was ninth at the halfway mark mm-hmm. i wound up uh and I did, and I went to the bathroom in the sec, both times in the second half. So, um, and I wound up sixth. So, oh, wow. It, it wasn't a bad day, but, but the other stories. Now we had a whole pack. We had a pack of three ladies at the tail end of the race. And at one point they were all three together with just a few miles left to go. And, uh, it was a lot of, it, it was really cool. I thought that. We were going to have somebody way back there, but it was really neat to have the, those three. They were all three worried about finishing in a, in a reasonable amount of time and not being way over the time limit. And all three of them were a little bit over the time limit, but I'll tell you what, the folks at that race, they were so nice. They hung around. Um, and it, it, it was good. If you want to hear more about that, we did a Thursday night about that where we, we kind of recapped all of those stories. So check that out if you haven't seen it already. Um, you need to be part of run club to do that. So if you're not part of run club, you're going to miss that story, those stories because they're, and they're good. The most heartbreaking story of the day comes from, uh, uh, Jacob Pierce. Jacob Pierce was on, he was on, uh, pace to run under 250 for the first half of the marathon. And then his hamstring just gave way on him. And, and he Jacob wound up having part of team Coolidge, right? Yep. He's part of team Coolidge. Team. Yeah. And he wound up having to walk the rest of the way in. But I'll tell you what, I was really proud of him for getting to the finish line anyway. It would have been easy for him to just have said to one of those police officers, look, I can't make it. Can you address? Matter of fact, I think somebody, one of them uh, offered to take him to the finish line, and he declined. Said, ah, I'm going to finish this thing. So uh, that was pretty cool. Pretty cool to do that. Yeah, for sure. Well, do you ever take your days for granted? Well, this story from one of our favorites talks about that it comes from Rhonda williams and the story is today is a good day today is an overcast gray cold day the meteorologist said the temp is below normal for us and advised us to bundle up if we went out or better yet just stay home some would say it's bleak dreary day and dread going out but not me i call it a good day It's a good day because I got to go to the Y for spin class. I could have used the weather as an excuse to stay home like the weatherman recommended. But I went and I worked hard and I'm glad I did. I felt tired but accomplished afterwards. It was a very cold walk back to the car, but it's a good day because the heat in my car works. I remember a time when both the heat and air conditioning went out and I couldn't afford to have them repaired. In addition to heated air, I also have heated seats, one of one of the best inventions ever, in my humble opinion. As I drove home after my workout, I thought about the other blessings of this day. I remembered to fill the tank a few years ago so I don't have to stand in the cold to fill my car with gas today. I thought about how I would have a warm house, a hot shower, and a cup of hot tea to look forward to. Our AC unit went out a few years ago, and the house was more than a little uncomfortable for a few days while I was being replaced, while it was being replaced, so I'm grateful to have heat. It's a good day because I'm healthy, and so is everyone in my family. I know what it feels like to have a serious illness. I also know what it's like to be the one in the ICU waiting room praying for my loved one will make it through the, the through, so I give thanks to God. 
It's a good day because in spite of the chaos in the world, I have peace in my heart, the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a good day because it's only January 3rd and I've completed two runs and a spin class. I'm off to a good start. I can remember very slow starts in the past and then regret when I felt when the regret I felt when spring arrived and I realized I was way behind with my training plan. I'm healthy, not injured and able to run, bike and swim. So that definitely makes for a good day. I have suffered injuries and have sidelined that have sidelined me for weeks or even months. So I'm grateful to be healthy and able to do what I love. Thank you, Jesus. Most importantly, it's a good day because it's a God day. I have the comfort of knowing he is in control and can do what I can't. He is always with me, so I don't have to fear and look forward to my day, my week, this next year. It's a good day because God loves me. It's not because I'm disciplined with my training and nutrition plan. He loved me when I was an obese couch potato. It's not because I try to be kind, compassionate, and humble. He loved me when I was disrespectful, selfish, and stubborn. He doesn't love me because I seek him and listen for his voice every day. He loved me before I knew him, and he loves me in spite of my failures. It's not because of who I am. I have done nothing to earn his love. He loves me because of who he is. So I smile as I look out the window at a gray, dreary day. It's a very good day. Wow. Well, Rhonda good always one. brings a great perspective to everything she writes, and that's just a great reminder of, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here with COVID, um, <laughs> but it's yeah. a good day for sure. Thanks for the reminder, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, if all we did was focus on that one fact, it would change the world, right? Sure. You know, we used to say it all the time, probably not as much as we used to, but, um, you know, we 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 are some of the richest people on the planet here in this country. If you live in the United States, you're already one of the what that top two percent in the world or something, something crazy like that. Um, and it, it it's we take that for granted so much. And uh, yeah, it's a great reminder to know know that to for us to know that most of the world doesn't know what heated seats even means, right? right. But but we know what it means, right? And I will tell Rhonda, my my wife would agree that that is the greatest invention ever made. So much so that she keeps them on in the summertime. <laughs> she does. It's the craziest thing, but she does. Uh, <clears throat> now, ha- having said all that, with all this good stuff we've got, it doesn't mean we should feel guilty or that it's a bad thing that we have all that stuff. Um, but we should be just like Rhonda says, we should be aware that we have it, that we're blessed to have it and that uh, we're thankful for them. Um, that's the main thing. And we say it all the time. We we get to run. Right. This is not we don't have to run. We get to run. There are days when I don't feel like it, when it's just really, really hard to get out the door. And that thought crosses my mind of uh, I just don't feel like running today. But. I should do it anyway, and I do do it, and then that leads to those days where it's just absolutely fantastic, right? It's so important um, to recognize, too, that the way she puts it here, that God loves us because of who he is. Nothing has nothing to do with who we are. Um, it is so hard to picture. I, I don't know about you, but the whole idea of God loving the most hardened criminal it's just it's just hard to fathom that god takes that guy who just will cuss him at every breath and every opportunity and god loves him as deeply as he loves me it's just so hard to understand yeah i mean i i think this is somewhere that i've kind of um softened over the years i don't know if that's the right word um I guess I look at people differently now who may, you know, say, I don't want to say persecute, but who are mean. Um, you know, they're lashing out a lot of times, but so many times where, where historically I would have wanted to lash back out at them. Um, I think, I, I think I've come to an understanding now that that, that's more about them than it is about me. Yeah. And maybe that's, that's God's love coming through me because that's definitely not my personality um but 
that that makes a difference when you you start to understand that um usually that's a reflection on the the person and not you um whatever they may be going through yeah for sure scripture colossians 3 2 says set your minds on things above not on earthly things you know one thing that hit me about this scripture is you know i think we often look at it as um you know you know don't worry so much don't don't be distracted by the things of the world you know that kind of thing but it that's not what it says the, the scripture says focus on him and, and and quit focusing on the th- it's not just forget the things that that we that distract us but also focus on god um and what and who he is right it's such a that's a, that's a big difference i i i think the difference between not focusing on the things we should not focus on and focusing on him are two completely different worlds. And sometimes we cross those things up, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of going back to what I just said. You know, we can let's let's take it somebody that's attacking us. Let's take that that example. You know, we can look at it through the lens, through an earthly lens, through Mitchell's lens. And what would I do? Or we can, you know, the old bracelets that said WWJD, what would Jesus do? When you focus on God, you're looking at the situation through his lens and all of a sudden it becomes, it, it becomes not about you. It's a, it's a spiritual battle oftentimes. And, uh, it, I mean, it really does make a difference. It sounds a little bit cliche to, to say it, but it is scriptural. I mean, we, we need to look at every situation through the eyes of Jesus and that's not natural. It's not natural at all. I, if it were up to me, it would be, I want to look at it my way. Um, but I think the, the closer we stay and the more we talk with Christ, um, the more we can see through that lens of his. Yeah. And I think that's the whole key, right? Is, is the, it's the lens we look at for sure. Mm-hmm. Psalms 118.24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Mm. We probably all know that verse, right? We've sung it. We've said it. Uh, I love that verse. Uh, but, but it's even more powerful, I think, than, than we often think. You know, this verse is right after the psalmist is, is talking about, um, the, the cornerstone, the, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and, and talking about what a big deal, um, Jesus is, is going to be, right? Cause this is in Psalms. This is before he came. And this is a, a, a prophetic word. And we should be glad and rejoice, not not just because God made the day, but because of what he did by making this day. Right. That he he gave us uh, Jesus. He gave us a reason to rejoice. And uh, that's a good reason to be glad in this day or to be happy for this day. Because Christ is risen. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's no wonder that you you hear about people who maybe they have a near death experience or, you know, they've gone through kind of some kind of sickness or illness and it changes their whole perspective on life. You know, I've heard I've heard from so many people, my my dad being one of them, that, um, you know, he, he went through some experiences late in life and it changed his perspective that, you know, he he was truly glad for each day that he had. It's kind of like. You know, having a term, terminal illness, it changes your whole perspective. But we're called to have that perspective every day. You know, it shouldn't take a near-death experience or a terminal illness or, or all these things that you hear about. We should be looking at every day through that same lens. Yeah, absolutely. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us Hmm. and that just puts it all together um again i have been a degenerate jerk at times (laughs) and god loved me anyway and uh it's just i don't know it goes back to what i was saying a little while ago it is so hard to understand how god can love you know, we talk about how we are to love like God loves and we're to love everybody. And you think about how hard it is to love somebody who maybe they don't like us or maybe our personalities clash or whatever it is. But there's people that are hard to love. But 
there's nobody out there who despises us as much as some people despise God. There's nobody out there that are just completely rejecting us and saying we don't even exist, right, like it is for God. And yet he still loves them just like he loves everybody else. Um, you know, and this says he demonstrates. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the demonstration is, is, you know, his son. I, I just the, the thought of that is just, it's like saying, OK, I'm going to take everything I own, the most precious thing I have and give it to that person who just hates my guts. Right. That's that's what he did for us. Right. It's, yeah. It's and on incredible. the flip side of that, it's it's, you know, to reject God, it's it's kind of like, you know, somebody. You go in to pay for the tab, you know, your your dinner tonight, and the waitress says, you know, such and such, they covered that for you. They were sitting across the, the restaurant. They paid your bill. How ridiculous would it be for us to say, no, I, I don't accept that. I'm going to pay my own bill. Uh, yeah. The bill is paid. It's it's nothing we – there's nothing we can do. We, we can't we, – we can't deny that. The bill has been paid. All you have to do is accept that. But for some reason, this just falls on deaf ears sometimes where um, I think there's many people out there that believe it, but they don't accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Question. Do you feel you are off to a good start this year? Well, other than COVID, yes. Um, <laughs> That's no way to start the year. <laughs> no. <laughs> or maybe it is. Wrong. That way you get it over with. Right. And you don't worry it's about it for the rest really of the year. It. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, I, I do feel I'm off to a good start this year. Um, Organizationally, we're off to a great start, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah I'm excited about the things that are to come and um, – uh, I'm excited to see the the people starting off the couch to marathon, the people just graduating. I mean, it, it's a great time of the year to be starting and finishing this at the same time because it it gives you it inspires you for what just happened and it motivates you for what's to come. Um, so it's kind of cool to to be in January around here at Run for God. Yeah, it really is, really is. And I guess for me personally, you know, I signed up for this hundred miler early in the year just to mm-hmm. go ahead and make sure I had something to motivate me too. Besides, uh, just something to do because you have nothing better to do. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the thing about it, you know, as long as I've been running, I've run forever, and you know, in January I did something. I did. I ran. I ran at least ten miles every day for the entire month. I've never done that before. So, uh, it it was. It's fun to do new things. What, no matter how long you're a runner, there's always something new and something different to do. Sure. So that's one of the coolest things about being a runner or a walker for that matter, right? Right. Uh, yeah. But, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, last year I decided to listen. Of course, I recorded the Bible in a year thing last year. If you're listening to this and you don't know about that, we do have a Bible in a year. If you're a run club member, you can sign up for a Bible in the year. You can sign up for that at any time. Um, it's self-paced and you can listen to, to one a day and you'll be done in a year. Um, last year I did that. Not only did I record one, but I also listened to one. And at the end of the year, I was like, I, I, I can't, I can't go without it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to have it. And so I found a different one and I've been going through a different one. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a great, that's a great start to your day. It's just to listen mm-hmm. to the word being read. So sure. of course you're doing something big. You're getting a house built. So, uh, you got plenty to keep you busy. Yeah. There's that. We're, we're on the downhill slope now though. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful house. Thanks. Um, how disciplined are you with your physical and spiritual training? Do you skip workouts because of weather? Do you get busy and forget to read your Bible or your daily devotion? You know, I, I, this question is interesting. Um, yesterday, today is Monday. Yesterday was Sunday. And because of this COVID thing, um, Holly and I didn't go to church. And <clears throat> I have not gone to church before, but usually – I'm out of town or even when we're out of town, we, a lot of times we'll find a church and go go while we're out of town. But that was that was strange um, 
being here on a Sunday morning and not being at church. It, it yeah. really felt, um, it felt very strange, which, which was comforting. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, it, you, you talk about how that time you missed a run and God gave you the peace that, you know, you haven't made that an idol in your life. I guess God showed me that you see this void here. You know, this is, this is why you need to be at church on Sunday morning and, and gathering together with believers. So it was, I don't know. It was a strange, good reminder, um, that, you know, w- the discipline that we practice in not only our physical, but our spiritual is needed. Yeah. That's a pretty awesome. You know, you want to say something that was really cool is we were driving on the way home from Mississippi during well, when our service was going on and we yeah. watched our service in the car. Did you I really? Mean, how awesome is uh, the technology that we have now that we can watch a church service while we're driving. I mean, now I will say it was on. Oh, I was there's pay- no state patrol watching here. Yeah. Now I'm not paying attention <laughs> to the video. I mean, more, it's more the audio than the video, but yeah, yeah. The, the whole idea is that, I mean, just the idea of being able to participate in a service while you're driving is just, uh, you know, we, 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 you and I both, we talk a lot. We talk down a lot about, social media and about technology in general but man there are some great things about technology at the same time well i mean what we're doing here right now um, yeah we I, I don't need to be around anybody and you know five six years ago you would have just had to cancel or reschedule or do it another day or whatever but um yeah I'm, well i mean covid i mean who, yeah. who knows where run for god would have been had this technology not been here during covid yeah. Um, so you're right. Yeah. Well, the question, do you skip workouts because of weather? You know, um, if anybody listens to this podcast, they know you and you and I are not skipping workouts due to weather. Yeah. No. Uh, neither coaching nor participating in. Right. right. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to get it done no matter what. But you know what I've been doing? I've been doing a little bit better on the, the other things this year. I've promised myself I was going to do better on some of the other things. And so I've taken, I don't know, probably, probably six or eight Epsom salt baths this year. Um, try, oh, really? trying to keep, yeah, trying to, trying to do a better job of recovering between runs and things. So, um, so I'm working on, I'm working on being better at that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, spiritual, I just mentioned listening to the Bible in a year. So now at the, to this point, I, I have listened to a podcast on the Bible almost 400 consecutive days now, um, which is great. I mean, it, it, that's not a substitute for for Bible study, but, uh, but I really enjoy that. So, uh, sure. so that that's a good a good spiritual training thing that you can do that doesn't require a lot. I, you know, I'll tell you what. I bought one of those little speakers, um, Bluetooth speakers. That you stick on the wall in the shower, and I listen to it while I'm in the shower. Really? Yes. And, and it's it lasts about the length of a shower, and maybe a little bit longer, and so it's perfect. And I can't take a shower without it anymore. Wow, <laughs> so, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing your calf raises and listening to the Bible while you're in the shower. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't use busyness as an excuse sure. not to get some of this stuff in because there's always a way. You know, in this case, like I said, I'm doing something else while I'm in the shower. I'm not a big fan of multitasking in general, but there are certain things that you can do yeah. m- more than one thing at a time. <laughs> Another question. Have you been trying to earn God's love? That's a pretty direct question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I think I learned a long time ago. That's that's futile. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it is. Uh, the well, faster you think- can come to the realization that you you can't do that, um, that it's that it's grace. The better the better off you are. Yeah, but it's really hard not to. Um, it's really hard not. It's hard to escape that thought of I've got to do more, isn't it? And maybe part of that is just I want to do more because because of my heart. But it, it's also you, you also still feel compelled to try to even though you can't earn it, you feel compelled to try. 
Yeah, but I think the trap you'll fall into, because, I mean, in in theory, that sounds good. I mean, why why not try? I mean, even though even though you can't and we know that, why not try? I think the trap people fall into is they start making good Christian things idols. You know, if I just do more at the church, I'll earn God's love. Well, before you know it, church has become an idol to that person or. I'm going to I'm going to do whatever. And all of a sudden that becomes an idol. Um, you you got to you got to move at the speed of God's conviction. And when you yeah. get out ahead of that, I mean, even the best of things in the world can become an idol and and good things trying to earn God's love. Any of those things can fall into that category. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I get to the point where I've got to check things off that checklist. I know you're a checklist guy too. Go um, right here. Yep, yep. But the 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 bottom line is it, it's having a checklist and checking things off a list is it's good, right? Even if you're mm-hmm. doing things for God, it's it's sure. a good thing to have a checklist to do those things. Um I have a lady that just asked me about helping with a, a funeral this weekend. Well, I've got a checklist of a few things I want to help her with to to do to do this, right? Um, and checking those things off is important and it's important in God's kingdom to be supportive of, of somebody who's, who's hurting. Um, but it's not whether we do it that's important, right? So the checkoff list is not the important part. It's, it's how we do it and with what, what heart we do that. So again, again, the Bible in a year podcast, you know, I check that off the list every day, but here's my question to myself is, Am I checking that off the list and just saying, okay, I read through another part, or am I enthusiastically participating in listening to it? You know, the sure. last couple of weeks was uh Job the story of Job. And mm-hmm. I was just you know, you can get wrapped up in the story of Job, right? It's hard to get enthusiastic about Job. I, I don't know if I put that in the category. <laughs> that, that might be the wrong word. <laughs> it's like seriously, when are you gonna get rid of these friends, Job? <laughs> Uh, but I love, but you, you know, you, you really get into the way he answers them every time he rebuts them. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the question is, are, are you, when you're doing things to check off a checklist, are you just doing it to check it off or are yeah. you doing it because your heart wants, you know, you want to hear the story of Job one more time or yeah. is it, I just want to check it off the list and say I did it in the end, right? Well, I want to hear the story. And hopefully, hopefully we're all there. Have you always wanted to read through the entire Bible, but never found the time to do it? Well, let me do it for you. Sign up for the self-paced Bible in a Year Challenge and start listening today. Every day, I read a few chapters of the Bible and give you running or walking tips and encouraging quotes. You must be a Run Club member for access to this exciting challenge. So, if you're not a member, sign up today and get started. If you are a member, what are you waiting for? All right, we're back. You know, uh, Japan has become this running mecca uh, for marathoning and half marathoning, it's the, the distance running world in Japan is, and it's unique to Japan too. Uh, for example, their pros there, you know how our pros here, they all, they run for Nike or Adidas or one of those shoe companies or whatever. Well, in Japan, all the professionals, they run for a company. So these corporations have teams and they compete against each other. You, you may have heard, if you're a big running fan, you may have heard of the Ekaden Relay. And the Ekaden Relay is basically companies recruiting these these really good runners and running against each other in a big relay race. It's the biggest race in Japan. It's really? it's crazy how big it is. Um, but it, it's really interesting that they run that way. And consequently, you know, Japan has, I don't know, 10 times more fast marathoners than we have in the United States. You know, and they're what I don't know how big they are. They're what? A tenth the size of us, and um, because that's their culture. Their culture is distance running, and of course, in the United States, we have a lot of sprinters, and they have almost none. So it's so. What is what is the team? How how does that work? Is it is it kind of like a cross country type format, or 
You said well, they in run the, in teams. In the Ekaden relay, it's mm-hmm. it's um. Oh, it's a relay. It's a okay. relay. Uh, okay. For the for the other teams, though, for the uh, what do you call it? The um, for, for just a regular races, it's just like somebody that runs for Adidas, right? Mm. Oh, They're not necessarily on a team scoring. Still individual. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's really cool. So anyway, a couple of weeks ago, a really crazy thing happened in the Osaka Half Marathon, which is one of their bigger races. Now, on the women's side, Yuko Endo set a, a course record for the women. Um, it was really cool because this is something that doesn't happen in the United States. She had a male coach. And they have a whole team of coaches, which is helpful for those fast athletes, right? To get better. That may be why they have so many better, better runners than we do. I don't know. Um, but she had a coach that ran with her and paced her to a 108 half marathon. Now that, wow. that coach is pretty darn fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't have many women in the United States who can run 108, but, uh, yeah. anyway, pretty, pretty cool. But here, that's a strange thing that didn't happen in a women's race. It happened in the men's race. Okay. So first of all, the men's race is unbelievably competitive 13 guys ran as a pack all the way to the finish line there were only seven seconds that separated the top 12 13 seconds separated the top 16 runners i mean we'd never have a race like that in the united states maybe on the track but but not on the roads but anyway apparently the winner the apparent winner was taiyo iwasaki uh, and, but when he crossed the finish line, it looked a little odd. And so he crossed the finish line. They noticed he had on a pink five-digit mass participation bib. Well, he was supposed to have on number 132. So apparently what happened was he lost his bib, and so he had to get a replacement bib. So they DQ'd him. <laughs> I'm like, why? Really? Yeah. I don't think anybody completely understands what's going on, and I never followed up to see exactly what if 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 there was a better understanding afterwards. But um, it's just it was crazy. So he was he was DQ'd by the race organizers for wearing the wrong bib, the bib that the race organizers gave him. Yes, that that's what it looks like. Makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, listen, I say that to say this. When crazy things happen to you in a race, they happen to everybody. Everybody goes through these things. I remember running a seven-mile race one time here. It's the one that's not too far from from where I live. And I, I, I ran the race. I won the race in a course record time. I ran really well that day, and I got through. And a guy afterwards, a guy said, probably about 30 minutes after I was through, a guy said, hey, nice race. I hope you get to keep it. And I was like. Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? I hope you get to keep it. And so I, I went back and, um, asked somebody he, what I found out was a guy showed up late because, and the reason why he showed up late is because he was, he's from Tennessee and this was the Tennessee state parks running series. And so some of their running series are in the Eastern time zone and some are in central time zone. He got it mixed up. Part of, uh, there was one section on the website that said central time zone. So he showed up for a central time zone race when it was an Eastern time zone race. And, um, they let this guy go out there on the course and run by himself. And of course my attitude was like, wait, 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 hold on a second. If I was running next to this guy, I feel like maybe I could beat him. Maybe I could have run a little faster. Who knows? Anyway, he wound up not running as fast as I did, but he wasn't far off. And, uh, but it was, that was one of those crazy things. So weird stuff. Yeah, happens. I'll never forget the time we, we were putting on a 5k and 10k and we, we had a specific spot that a volunteer was supposed to stand holding a sign that says 10k this way. And the, the volunteer, bless her heart. She, she had never volunteered for a race. So she didn't, I don't guess she realized how important that sign was. Well, she saw the runners starting at a different place. Well, she starts walking toward the runners. And so when the runners get to where she's at, they're like, where do we go? And the crazy thing was, I don't remember if you were standing beside me, but I saw all this unfolding from a distance and I couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> it wound up. So we, we mark our, we, we have this rule now that our courses are marked so well that if no volunteers were there, runners can still find their way around the course that's right 
That's right. Good lesson. Anyway. All right. Well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, do you have magnets on your refrigerator? Well, this one's called refrigerator magnets. I remember when I was a kid, we had magnets on the refrigerator doors. I'm curious. Does everybody have magnets on their refrigerators? I seem to remember an awful lot of them growing up. It was a good way to brag about where you had been without saying a word, wasn't it? (laughs) Anyway, sorry for the digression. That's where you would post all those cool things you did when you were a kid, right? An art project you did at school, maybe. You would put it on the metal door and then put the magnet over the top of it, and it would magically hold your drawing up for everyone to see while they reached for the milk. Today, ours may hold up a similar art from our grandkids. When you're little, magnets are fascinating. Many of us probably grew up with the little letter-shaped magnets. We got to play with them while we were learning how to spell. We also learned that some magnets are stronger than others. The letter-shaped magnets we learned were not as strong as many others. That was equally fascinating to me. So, one day, I started playing with one of the particularly strong magnets. I noticed I could put more than one piece of paper under it, and it would still hold. Then I tried three, then four. I kept going because I wanted to see how many I could put up there before it fell to the ground. I don't remember the number, but I think this is a metaphor for a few things in life, including running. You know, I'm a simple guy. Run some miles, run some of them fast, run most of them slow, run long once a week, and repeat. If all you do is follow that training plan, you'll do fairly well. But what I see today is a distraction from most the most important things. Is diet important? Sure it is. Does it matter what shoes and gear you use? It does, at least a little. Are your target paces perfectly calculated? Should you increase your mileage or maybe decrease it? Should I try to that double threshold thing that's all the rage in Norway right now? Those are not bad questions, but we cannot let them distract us from the important basic questions. You see, what happens is that we allow all this stimulus in, and there's a lot of it these days, and it's like putting more pieces of paper under the refrigerator magnet. It is distracting us from the most basic things, and when that happens, our focus becomes scattered, and we begin to worry about things that will make no discernible difference. Each time we add one more worry, it gets more difficult to focus on just running. Again, I'm not saying we shouldn't entertain those things, but make decisions and move on. And for goodness sakes, don't blame every bad run on dehydration, a poor diet, or the humidity. Sometimes you just have a bad day. Accept it and move on. Uncomplicate things, and you'll find more joy in your running. You'll probably even find you're better at it, and you'll find it easier to get it done every day. Likewise, every time we allow something to get in between us and God, it is like adding a piece of paper between the magnet or us and the refrigerator or God. When I let my anger get in between me and God, I weaken our relationship. When I add a lack of prayer time, I weaken it a little bit more. Before long, I'm not attached to him at all. We all have to work hard sometimes to remove those distractions that come between us and God so that our relationship can remain strong. Like one of those big fat magnets that sticks so hard to the refrigerator, it's hard to get off. Our world is more complex than it has ever been. And tomorrow, it will become even more complex. We have to be more intentional than ever to remove the distractions that get between us and success at whatever we are doing. Uncomplicate your running or walking. Uncomplicate your relationship with God. Remove those extra pieces of paper that weakens the attraction between you and God so that your attraction to Him never loses its strength. Wow. Dean, that's a great one. You just hit one of my, I think I have two love languages. One of them is bluntness and one of them is simplicity. (laughs) And, uh, man, you nailed that out of the park. That's, uh, we talk about it all the time. You know, sometimes we got to unplug the inputs and, uh, there are a lot of inputs coming at us these days. And so you great job on this story. Yeah. You know, I was watching the other day, I was watching a show called Modern Marvels. Have you ever watched that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great show. But a lot of them were taped 
in the early 2000s, right? So the ones that are about yeah. technology in the early 2000s, it's like, and yeah. I remember I was watching one recently and they were talking about Palm Pilots and how advanced the Palm Pilot was, right? And you look at that now yeah. and you think, oh my gosh, that's so, that's so rudimentary compared to what we have yeah. now. Um, you know, we love to say when I was a kid, we didn't get involved in all this nonsense. Well, the difference is, is all the nonsense wasn't there. When I was yeah. a kid, it, there's so many more distractions today because there's so much more out there. You know, we thought the Palm Pilot was a big deal. Now we got the same thing on a, on a, a similar device, similar size device, but it also does 35,000 other things, right? What was um, it? It's put like 12 industries out of business. Yeah. 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 Complete crazy. industries. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, a lot of times we look at kids today and we get, and, and I don't blame you. I, I'm, I do it too. I get frustrated with kids because they get distracted so easy these days. And frankly, adults do too. And I don't remember being that distracted. I remember back when I was in school, when I was a cross country runner, we were all so dedicated to what we did. And you, it's very, very rare to find one athlete who's that dedicated today, but to be fair to them, I didn't have all these distractions that they have now. Uh, and golly, I, you know, I do a PE class at, at the, the private school down here in Cahutta. Um, it operates out of our church. We're doing a modified version of the 5K challenge right now. Um, and, and one of the kids was ha- he was having a hard time, but it was you've seen it before. You know, the kid has a hard time, but he's not having as hard a time as he thinks he is. And the kids over there telling the teacher's aide that uh, he's throwing up in his mouth because he's running so hard. And I'm watching him and he's just not running that hard. It's just not, you know, I'm, you know me, I know better. And I know I'm a hundred percent positive. The kid's not overly stressing himself, but she was so concerned. And that's the way we are these days, right? We get so concerned about these little things. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not throwing off on the teacher's aid because she's, she's just being protective of the kids and she should be. And it's yeah. good that we're protective of kids, but that protection, those kids need to do those hard things. That kid really needs, he's, he's not one of the kids that this comes easy to. He's the one that needs that 5k challenge class. All of those kids, they don't even need it. A lot of those kids could just run a 5k today. But yeah. not that one. That one really needs it. And he needs to be pushed. He doesn't need to be coddled. And today mm-hmm. we do so much of that, don't we? Sure. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, kids uh, and and we alike, you got to do hard things. I mean, we grew up, you and I both grew up doing hard things. And but, yeah, I mean, that's the trend nowadays. I, I saw it on I'm not going to get into news shows, but I saw a new show yesterday that was talking about the new rage is gentle parenting. Um, you can't always be gentle on ourselves. You know, when, when, when I don't want to get out the door and go do a workout, I don't need to be gentle with myself. Otherwise I'll never get out the door and do a workout. When, when I don't feel like getting up and reading my scripture, Lord knows God's not gentle with me. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll convict me in a non gentle way. And, Hard things are good. We have to do hard things. And the more we try to get away from that, the harder things are going to become. Yeah. Well, and you know what else? I'll get off that soapbox now. (laughs) Well, you know what else? It's not just the physical distractions these days. It's the mental distractions. We have also erected so many more mental distractions that get in our way these days. And and that's, gosh, that, you know, I was listening to uh, a journalist the other day. And she was decrying the the fact that journalism is dying, that newspapers are dying, that the news organization, that that you know they're they're laying people off. And the one thing she's not doing is she's not she she's so caught up in the emotion of what's going on that she's not taking a, a stock of where she is and why she is where she is, right? And that's what we do. We get so emotionally wrapped up in things. That we, we don't look internally at what's going on. Yeah, you know, like you said, God does. God, God will take us and he'll look at, look us dead in the eye and tell us what's going on if we'll listen to him. But how often do we just not listen to him? And we don't, we don't hear him because we're not listening to him. 
And, and it's all, again, all of this, the physical stuff, the, the mental stuff, it's all just complicating our life. And we've got to figure out how to uncomplicate all that stuff. Look at the basics and, and get rid of the mental and physical distractions and we'll all be better off. You know, I've talked to some young people here lately, um, a few different ones about this same exact subject. And, and the subject is, you know, they're, they're kind of get to a point in their life where, you know, they're, they're getting older and they're trying to figure out what to do with their life. And it's like, there's so many things coming at them and they can't make sense of what's what and what they actually want. And, and the, I've talked to two, two different ones about this and they both kind of, tilt their head and look at me like I'm crazy, but I'll say what you need to do is you need to wake up early one morning, get a cup of coffee, go sit on your back porch and just talk to God about this. Mm. Do nothing because when, when we're, when we're constantly playing defense with everything coming at us and, Oh yeah, we'll look at that. We'll look at that. And we never stop and take the time to consider, um, not only what I want, but more importantly, what does God want? And yeah. when when you do that, a lot of times, if we just be quiet and do nothing, we'll get the answers that we're looking for. But we 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 can't seem to do that nowadays, mm-hmm. and you have to. Man, that's a mouthful. All right, every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And this is, this is, this was another, <laughs> you know, while I was doing this and preparing this, Debbie walked in my office again. This, so I asked her, I said, tell me why running is so awesome. I said, I need another reason. And she looked at me and she goes, well, you get lots of vitamin D. I'm like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> She's good at this. <laughs> uh, we do. We get more vitamin D when we are a runner or a walker. And so, and that's a nutrient. We need it for good health, right? Uh, vitamin D helps us absorb calcium, which is really, really important because calcium helps us build strong bones. And so, um, together with calcium also, uh, vitamin D helps us, it protects us from osteoporosis. That's a huge thing when we get old, right? And so, um, it's vitamin D is critical to us. It's not just critical for that. It's critical for the way our muscles work or the way our nerves work. Um, it's our immune system needs vitamin D. Uh, vitamin D is really important and you get more vitamin D by being out in the sun. And so, um, running and or walking is a great way to get more vitamin D. Now, how much vitamin D do you need? Um, you need about 600 to 800 uh, international units or 15 micrograms to 20 micrograms of, uh, of vitamin D. The older you are, the more you need. Um, so a- as you get older, take in a little bit more vitamin D. I supplement vitamin D in addition to getting out there for an hour a day to run. So um, vitamin D is really, really a good thing. And uh, we get more of it. All right. Trivia question for this week. What is the most popular sport in the world? This might be, this might be a trick question. Just saying. What is the most popular sport in the world? Now you can Google that and you can find an answer to this question. But I'm going to argue that the answer is different than what you're going to find through Google. So I want you to think about what is the most popular sport in the world. So you're going to cause a debate here, it sounds like. (laughs) Basically what you're saying. And if you know the answer to that, send it to dean at runforgod.com. And when you're the first one, you're going to win $20 off in the Run For God store. So uh, get that in here quick. Our motivational thought of the week comes from Carl Bard. He said, although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. Hmm. It's never too late to start, right? We say it all the time. We see it all the time, right? So speaking of that, Dean, I I did Jennifer uh, in the marketing department asked me to uh, kind of put this announcement out there. Uh, but we had a meeting this morning and we are going to be kicking off. We don't have all the details in the exact date yet, 
But we're going to be kicking off a half marathon, a nationwide half marathon challenge starting in April. So maybe you're out there and you're thinking, man, I missed the start of the couch to marathon. Number one, there's still time to join that. But if you think, mm, marathon's not for me and I didn't get signed up for that, well, we're going to have a half marathon challenge, nationwide half marathon challenge starting in April. So if that's something that interests you, stay tuned. Be checking your email. We'll be getting details out here pretty soon. And then I guess that graduation race will be Pensacola with the marathoners, right? No. No? Oh, okay. No, it, it'll right. be before that. It'll be before that. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're so glad you joined us. Don't forget to review the podcast. Give us five-star reviews. And make sure you're sharing it. The more you share it, the more you review it, uh, the better you rate it, the more people that find it. And then sure. uh, the, the more people join Run Club, the more people hear about Jesus. And that's the whole goal. So until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.